0: It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the (laughs)
1: lie. So here we are in Jeff's house with his wife, Jeannie. His son Ryan, who was with us yesterday, but in but he's but in being thirteen boy thirteen boy thirteen boy 13 boy thirteen boy, boy, 13 boy next is a song day, by my kids. <laughs> next, now it's the next day, and he doesn't want to be on he the pod. Talk about it. Well, we'll talk about it. And my son Owen is here as well. Say, Say hi, long, Owen. Hello. Okay. So look, here we are. We're talking. um uh, What's the name of the podcast? This is the Never Let the Fire <laughs> Go Alarm Podcast. Yes. Yesterday was record store, and yesterday was my computer's transatlantic, a record store day extravaganza where he played four times. Um, he played. He but yes, he actually first he recorded five times. eight, eight seven inch singles uh, versions of um, two rivers, two rivers, yeah, and then he played at like four different places including, was it three or four places? Well, I know that um, there was a listening party in Wales, and then there were people staying in line at a record store in Wales, and he went and just played for the people staying in line. Mm -hmm. And then he went to London, where he played an actual show. Then he went to New York City, to Looney Tunes, and played a show. And that was at about 1 p.m. on the 21st. And then he got on a plane, and he flew to Los Angeles and played at 8 p.m., At um, fingerprints in Long Beach, and it was exactly eight p.m. Like I was so sure, like like um, Don and I sort of sauntered down there, and we're like, oh, we'll just go to barbecue place, get something to eat. There was a there was a some like beach barbecue or something around the corner. Like there's no way he's going to be there on time. And then when you said everyone was actually lining up on time, I drove by at. 7.35 7.35 and there are just some people milling out in front and some people hanging out in front of the, um, the the coffee place that was there. Then we go and find a place to park, walk past the guys selling drugs. <laughs> yeah, we, that um, was on the other street. Oh, so 3rd were, and 5th Street are where the people selling. Yeah, well, now drugs. we know where 4th if, Street is, is pretty much up okay. Yeah, um, and so, a lot, and then we saw the people had, li- and then we went to get some food. And people had lined up, and then they're giving out the records. It was all organized though. Fingerprints is really good. So. Fingerprints, Fingerprints is an awesome record yeah. store, and uh, they, have a, they actually have a stage in the back. So they need stage. It's a little bit like like if if um, an open McCabe's guitar shop. Yeah. With a stage in the back, with no seats, where you have to, we have to, uh, we have to. It's stand. like perfect because you have to stand. Yeah, it was good, and it's fun to see. So, so uh you know, tables pushed to the front of the <laughs> stage, and people buying dinners. So one one cool thing <laughs> was they did. I I don't know if they did it at all the record stores, but I know at least in New York and here in Long Beach, if you wore your alarm t-shirt, you got a uh, raffle, ticket raffle ticket to win one of the said six. But but actually not eight. eight a- seven a- inch a- singles that acoustic, seven inch singles that Mike Peters recorded at. I don't even know where where he recorded them. Recorded them late. He recorded them like like first thing in the morning on the on the twenty first. And then brought them here. So we'll talk about that in a sec, but, but so the acoustic show was pretty good. Right? It was kind of, it was almost exactly like, it was very similar to what, where the last year's Record Store Day performance. The nice thing was the people at Fingerprints really seemed to enjoy that Mike was there, which was cool. Fingerprints is really cool. They had even had some alarm poster book thing there. Fingerprints is really cool, but not in the way that Amoeba thinks it's cool. I gotta go back. Amoeba is awesome, but the people there are too cool for school. Right? And I like the people at Fingerprints are just nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but if it was moved to a location where there weren't selling weren't people selling drugs on the corners, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's sort of what comes with the territory. Yeah. In your record store. I don't. Yeah, I guess so. That's it's a great. It's a great. Actually, I not mean, a bad I don't location. Understand. We, we, I yeah. I, it's not their fault. <laughs> so I oh you have the set because you actually um brought did you broadcast the set on Facebook Live? I did, and in my for the first three songs. Um, I was doing it in landscape like everyone tells you to do. But Facebook turned it to the side so that it was sideways. And then Facebook said, why don't you turn your phone? I'm like, what? So I turned my phone and then suddenly it was right up. No one in the comments – there are people commenting the whole time. They didn't say, why don't you turn your phone, Jack? (laughs) They didn't say anything. (laughs) So anyway, I turned the phone. It was fine. So I do have it. I don't have the set list in in front of me. But it started off with a request for uh, Peace Now we start with your quest for Armageddon in the Morning, which Mike Peters ignored. And well, I said Armageddon, and, and then he said, and then someone else said Peace Now, and he played it, and he was a really good version. <laughs> and then it went along the, um, the new songs that he played. He played 13 Dead Reindeer. I mean, 13 Dead Reindeer, that seems to be a, like a new, because he never played that Luminous he here last time, so that seems to be a new live acoustic favorite. And it's live acoustic on this single, this song, this, 12 um, Inch, we're going to call it, EP. So I think that's why he was playing it. He played neutral as well. He played neutral. The stand. And, um, 68. Of 76. 76. Of and there's no 668 guys. Of it was half the new lyrics, half the old lyrics. Um, so here's the thing. So at the end of the show, they did the raffle. And here's, here's what I'm thinking is doing the raffle. I'm thinking, please, God. I don't want to win because people are gonna. People would say if I won that um, it was fixed. That it was fixed. Um, it's going to be fixed. It's going to say this is fixed. Oh, and I was so relieved, like so relieved when they called 150 that wore a How many? It but, like 20 out of the Yeah, so all 20. you had to do was wear an alarm t-shirt and you had a chance to win this, um, this specially recorded. The LA recorded. people are too cool for that. LA people are too cool. I was trying to say even last year so last year when I went to f- fingerprints I was late. We went to the kids like school carnival and then um, first and then like I ran down there to get there and I had an alarm t-shirt on and I parked on 5th Street just like you did and I got out of the car and I was like Oh my god, I'm wearing an alarm t-shirt to an alarm show. I can't do that. So I got back in the car and put my sweatshirt on because I was too embarrassed for the exact reason you described. Okay, so Nobody wears the concert t-shirt to you the concert. in an ironic way. Well, or if you bought it at the show. <laughs> the show like if you, you know. go to like U2 now, you'll see like a thousand people wearing the shirt that they bought at right, the show. Right, right. But but for us, you never you always should wear some obscure T-shirt for some other band or something not even related or that's just the way it is. That's our culture. But this time I'm like, forget it. I threw everything out the window. I'm too old to give give a crap. Plus, so I you wore could the win, alarm t shirt. Plus they said you could win. So there was a And there was a for. request that people wore alarm shirts. Right. So, you know. so anyway, so I, I was so relieved. I'm like, oh it's it's number seven, not number nine or whatever. So happy I didn't win. And then Well, Ryan won. Well, it turns out (laughs) out – So it turns out that number seven was actually Ryan's, my son's, and uh, he had come. He was wearing his alarm shirt that I got for him. He actually has more alarm shirts hanging in his closet than I do because mine are packed away, and um, and so he won. And Jules actually complimented him on his hair too, which is pretty good. Yeah, I didn't, he didn't get to hear that. He didn't hear that? No, no, he oh, was, was off doing something, oh, looking great. for records was, yeah, or something it was, it was like cute that. Because Ryan's hair does look really good. I like the new long hair. Yeah, it, well, he looks good. Then he gets it cut and then it goes back again. He does a good job. He's lucky because he's not like the rest of us. Well, he's like Jeannie and Shelley, yeah, where his hair have can get that straight, curly hair, where his hair can get straight instead of look like like yeah. a fro bush. <laughs> he doesn't have the fro bush that we have if you try to grow long. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. So anyway, so so Ryan won. So of course, immediately someone says fixed. When they heard that it was Ryan, <laughs> Ryan it wasn't Ryan fixed Fulton. At all. He just happened to be one of the few people that wore. <laughs> yeah, a shirt. yeah, yes, fixed. If you had, if you people hadn't had had worn t-shirts, it would have been fixed. So, okay, so. so I want to say that he did win number six of eight, which is a which. Which is, the 68. Only, which is the only one of these that actually has a significant alarm number on it. Because number one of eight doesn't mean no, anything. No, it's 18. Two, two of, of eight? It's 28, no. Three of eight? It's, 38, it's nothing. Four of eight? No. Five of eight? No. Six of eight? No. Yeah, six of eight. Seven, yeah. Six of eight, yes. Seven, seven, seven of eight, eight no. no. Uh, unless you're a Stiff Little Fingers fan, then that's 78 rev- yeah, rev- revolution. Yeah, yeah, but but not. But it's no. not, anyway. If there was And a- 88, 88 spirit, um, um... Electric Folklore eighty? No, That's, I don't no, think that was 87. it counts. Yeah. And it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway. So, so, um, so, All right. So then the records. So fingerprints. You know, if you if you um yesterday's yeah, record store day and there was this eight track vinyl Two Rivers EP, which I think kind of shows like. Two rivers is the in quote single, which is probably not going to be a single from the record, but it's kind of the single which is what this song is and then there's seven other songs on here as well. Perfect. three electric songs that were, were not on any of the um, the red, red red blood viral black records that were released last year and plus one new song on the acoustic side. What are those songs? Steve? So the new songs are uh, a, well a new version of two rivers. Um, a song named "Transatlantic," a song named "Blood Red" Viral, Black, which I believe Billy Duffy plays on. Yes, he does. Uh, a song called "The White Count," and then on the and acoustic that, side, has to do with blood, not with, not with. Um, anything else? Yes. And then 13 Dead Reindeer acoustic, Armageddon in the Morning acoustic, Crowd Trouble acoustic, and then a song named Year One. And while I like the songs on the electric the electric side perfectly fine, and then especially the new version of Two Rivers, I want to talk about Year One. Because if you were in line and and bought the record at the record store, you got a special insert That was that that then you would then stand in line and again and have Mike Peters sign for you. And the insert includes all the lyrics to year one on it. And I have to say I, I liked the song even before I heard it just by reading the lyrics, which are very poignant. Yeah. And 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 very good. Yeah, it's a very well written song. And then when you hear it, it's even better because the way that it's sung makes way more sense than the way it's written. You know what? I have to say, putting it on an actual record player and listening to it, reading the lyrics was freaking awesome. And I, I do that this morning too. I wish there were lyrics to the other tracks though. Uh yeah, maybe maybe when it comes before. But Year One, I think, is uh, is sort of a standard. It reminds me a bit of Armageddon in the Morning. What do you think? Um, it does. It's it, well, I'd like to hear an electric version, but yeah, it's um, it's on par with. Year the one. day. I mean, wow. I think it, the whole thing was over at like nine thirty, and then I think. Well, everyone stood in line to get a get their their thing signed. Here, here's my uh, here's my signed insert um, for the record that is called Equals. <laughs> is it? Well, it said Equals in. Is a, it Equals? Okay, this is think the it thing. Equals. Is, so, on like the, I laughed, but maybe you're right. Well, okay, this is the thing. I don't know if it's called Equals or not, but it's said on the. Note indeed, the album is called equals There was a British thing that came out, and it 's like, you can buy this in, in u k, and they said equals, not the equal sign but um, I think it looks like two rivers. Doesn't it look like two rivers to you? Two rivers, two, yeah. two, two blood-red rivers. Um, yeah. It could also be something to do with neutral, the, yeah. the song Neutral. I don't know. There's and a, the, there's a lot the there. There's those little symbols. And equals is the there's last thing. There's a plus, thing. and then there's the drums symbol, and... The, I, flat, the poppy, it looks like? It's a, it's a it's a nouveau poppy. It's going to be hard to describe what all these things are. Um, and then um, the circles... And then you get a minus, and you get three... Four more symbols. We'll include the peace sign, and then uh, I think it looks like I think this is from like phones. It might be headphones. But then you get an equal sign at the end. So plus, minus, equals, and uh, these other little symbols. So I'm not sure what they are, but um, um, uh, but let's 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 go back to one thing. I wanted. To, I was looking at this. I want to applaud uh, George Williams again for producing and mixing the electric side because it sounds it's fantastic. Great. Even on, look at that thing that I have with the play records on, Steve. <laughs> that, uh, that I got at Big Lot. So explain, because playing records these days is hard. Kay. So this is, what, so is have, what do you play your records so on? So I have two things to play records on. One, I can play them into the computer on a USB, and I can just, I, on a USB. Um, and you, uh, and I can. Can I, you record them? Yeah. It, well, I can record them. I'm going to need has, your help yeah, with yeah, no, that. No, <laughs> and it has. I'll do it. I'll do it. But it has leveling. It has. I have software that lets you level, and it sounds really good. The Thing I played it on was a. It's a $75 device that I got from a discount shop that includes a CD player, an AM-FM radio, a phonograph, <laughs> and a cassette player. Does we that, that phonograph play 78s as well? As- no, it just plays 33 and, oh. and um, 45. And you can sh- you shove a tape in the side, which is hilarious. Will it record? Oh. No, you would have to um, to record. There's there's a there's an input, so you can put an iPod in to listen to iPod things, and it's Bluetooth actually. Uh-huh. But there's no. Did you get that from like Big Lots or it's something? From Big Lots, yeah. Big Lots. It's actually fifty bucks at Big Lots. That's nice. It's actually pretty so cool. My my um, and it fits in that little space I have right. there. My phonograph setup is a little a little more modern, <laughs> but vastly more complicated because it's it's a it's a Vizio soundbar which I have the optical in coming from my TV, but it happens to have an AV in as well. And so I I plugged the record player into the AV in, but, but the problem is I spent like a half an hour trying to figure out how to get it to play because there's no actual like display on the on the um soundbar except for some lights. Yeah the weird lights and so I had to figure out like for each different input there's a different volume level and I kept trying I thought all the volume levels were the same. So I kept kept going you know, going to each input and seeing if the record would play and it didn't play for for you know Cause, this is like ten minutes until I figured out that I had to go to each one and actually increase the volume to level hear something to then. hear something. Finally I fi- figured out and it did sound really good. Yeah the Vizio soundbar um it sounds good. It's just you have to know Morse code to get it to work. Yeah. And also the other thing is my um my uh remote control stopped work- working too. So it, it kind oh. of it, it was a it was a it was a it was a huge like um, mystery to investigate, um, so I mean it was fun like this is the first time i 've actually gone to the in, okay let 's say it 's the first time in uh oh, would it be the strength record since since thousand nine hundred and eighty five I would actually go to a record store, get a record a record because we come um, home and play it the next day wait, um, to listen to it so we did back we, then was way easier We got it on a so on a CD. we got oh no, we got electric folklore on a cassette electric folklore on a cassette. And then on a CD, I don't think it we was We got available. Change it, on a CD. Ch- no. Um, uh, change on a CD. It came Ch- from on- the warehouse. But maybe Change was the first time we actually got on CD for real. Change, and I remember sitting there listening to it, and, um, and I had to go back to Prison Without Prison Bars, and this was my favorite song. I still got all – still ended up having all the r- records on vinyl anyway. But this is the first time actually coming like, – la- like after the, um, the last year's record store day, I got the record that was for um, the movie – I don't think I played it till a couple of weeks later. Oh yeah, I have that. I have that. Also, I and have, have the that. Declaration and, and the Eponymous records as well. And I just, I mean, I'm just no, I mean, I like them. There's no reason to play them, right? I don't right have now. the new version. I just picked up um, at a local record shop where a guy basically dumped his collection into a store and is selling stuff. That's the vinyl. That's, that's the, the one over vintage here. Vintage vinyl over in Torrance. Uh, the, he had um, both Declaration and the and the five song EP. So I picked up his, his five song. EP. You bought them. Well, I, oh, I, I guess I have I, have I have all it. of our records in my garage you ha- yeah, you our original have, you rec- have records ours that we put yeah, together we, as, yeah. a team, yeah. as a team as a team. but I team. took them because you didn't want them or so, something other no that wasn't it. it and you also got all the who CDs I got <laughs> I, don't, I think I, I think I got Steved <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just joking I got a whole bunch of records what Owen? Got the short end of the stick. No, and then I, then I'll go and I'll look at all. So look at all of your CDs, and you have all like the great punk rock CDs, all the all the replacements and Hoosker Do's. Yeah, and I, I bought those stuff. though. Yeah, but I <laughs> bought some of the other ones too. It's like don't don't say you you. I still like like we were the, See, there I those wor- days. I worked at a record store. I bought all those records I at the record store. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so you're right. Plus you, yeah. No, there was so a point so at and, which you and Sal traded records and tapes. We didn't trade records and tapes. Hey, look, listen there was a point in time that we had to split up our records and it it was it was not an easy thing to do so it was it was a really good time now let's i think what we should do next time they do it come out and wear your t-shirt yeah if they do it again next year that was really cool it feels like another record store day three years in a row is going to be a little pushing it like i would guess that next year they're they would it's not going to happen well, um, just when just when you people could come wear your T-shirts, I bet next year's going to be skipped for something else. So. So there's that. There's that. No, they um, maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say that they didn't bring any T-shirts to sell because they had no elevator was carry on luggage. So, Oh, yeah. So the record, the official record store day T-shirt, I don't know how many they had, but there weren't any. No, there weren't any for sale. I guess you could have bought them online. You could have online. So let's, let's recap. Well, the contest was this. We got two harmonicas from, signed that Mike Peter signed from the Vans Warp Tour. And the idea was we wanted people to send in. He didn't play on them, by the way. No, They're no, no. They're and clean new. and new. But, but the, one, was, one idea was uh, one thing was why you should be interviewing the podcast. And the other was just an idea for what we should do on the podcast. So to tell you the truth, we've already given away the harmonica for the interview because we've got, um, we got, we got, we got a great idea for me we've got a great idea for an interview and we'll talk about that at the end but so we're this really is for the best idea and so right. we'll read the ideas that people have here and then we will figure out which one we think is the best probably um i was supposed to do it randomly so we'll see there may be some that we need to choose from so we'll figure it out okay We'll be, um, I, I like some of the ideas, though. Okay. So. so, first idea comes from Bob Morris. He says, subjects to cover would be future of the alarm. Lots of FB activity covers the original lineup, which is all well and good. I think the alarm from 2000 up really made some of the best music. So, Bob's idea is cover the future and the and the current the current alarm, which I like that idea. I think Mike Peters likes that idea, too. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, what's next? All right, the next one comes from Jeff Taylor. It could be interesting to hear stories about bands The Alarm has toured with over the years. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Long Riders for one. Lots of interesting bands that either open for them. Remember the Crusados? I do remember the Crusados. Mexican rock band. Yeah, they were they were like one of the guys. Like some of those guys from the Plugs were in the Crusados, and then and then one of the other guys, Elvez, came from the Crusados, came from the Plugs as well. And um and then uh and Still love that flower. That oh yeah, they up. so um cool Jeff. Yeah, I like that idea. Um all right. You're in, you're in the entry. Let's go to the next one. The next one is from TJ O'Neill. The subject I'd like to discuss is the Love Hope Strength Foundation. The fact that Mike and his wife had to both fight that battle and the foundation he set up to help spread the word on the podcast would be beneficial to the cause. Yeah. It's true. It's we should true. do a whole Love Hope Strength like recap. Podcast. Hey, I mean, that's a great idea too. It's going to be really hard to pick any one of these. I think we're. I think we're going to end up just having to do a random spin to see who gets yeah, it. We got the okay. all, all right. Good. TJ, you're well, no, in. We're going to end up using some of these ideas anyway. People are going. Why did I get the harmonica? There's only two. no, no, no. You know what we're <laughs> going to do? So, we just, so for. I mean, basically, you know, we're going to have to. These are all great ideas. We're going to have to ran, just. It's going to end up being random. Yeah. All right. The next one is from Ray and Ray. I do not want to butcher your last name, so I'm going to say W. So Ray sent me. A very long, nice email 100%. that I can't read the whole thing here. It's an incredible email. Um, and it turns out that Ray actually came in second place for the interview contest. We still may, um, we still may interview Ray, but you're you're th- being thrown into the you know to the to the uh, the group to to get for the random drawing. So congratulations, um, but Ray, out of his email. Uh, one of the one of the most interesting things he said was this: I think my story is probably unlike that of most others. The fact is, I'm not a fan from the old days. I don't have a bias towards one area or incarnation of the band. My allegiance is to is firmly to Mike himself. And the quality, the longevity, the determination, and the sense of community that he brings to fans—that's cool. Like, that's a great interview topic right there. Right. Yeah. So, and it's um, era, not area, but that's good. Oh, did I say area? Well, I'm. You I know. think we may be. While well, doing this, uh, we may find um, it's a, so tough. I wish we had a harmonica for everyone. But anyway, maybe Ray, not a harmonica, but I mean, you know, these are all new and current fans of. Mike. Yeah, and, we'll and, see what we can do. But, but, um, but anyway, Ray, you also get into the drawing. So, yeah. congratulations. All right, so here is an email from Donald Tatera, Um, and Donald says... Let's call him Don, because that's what I call him. Okay, Don. When Jeff talks to him, he calls him Don. (laughs) Please cover the mission of Love, Hope, Strength, celebrating his 10th anniversary and having gotten many, many people on the list and having found thousands of life-saving marrow masters. This is the second one for Love, Hope, Strength. Yeah, I mean, we don't... There is... We... It's not because we don't believe in Love, Hope, Strength. It's um, – it's, I think it's great. I think it's something we just haven't covered because we had – so we, Mike wanted to cover like do old records, do the single, do the... And so um, I think that's a great idea to have some more information about Love, Hope, Strength generally on the I podcast. Mean, maybe we should interview people from Love, Hope, Strength too. Yeah, I think like, – well, Don's one of them. and I, um, I definitely think that we will do that and actually we should – in various podcasts do an update on what's going on. If we can get information on the number of people signed up, the number of lives saved. That's not, not a bad bad idea. No, like, what no. it we like even have, a, like, a diagnostic at the end of the podcast or in the middle that's like, here's the level of strength up update yeah, and just exactly. talk about it? And I think that's not bad for the, just the whole idea of what's going on. So, so Don, that was great. I hope I can call you Don now because Jeff <laughs> told me that I couldn't. And, uh, yeah, so you're in too. Good. Congratulations. Into the, into the drawing. All right. The next person that's going into the drawing is Mark D. Mark Mark actually I also also um, don't want to butcher his name when I try to pronounce it. But Mark says, "I was fortunate to record with Mike Peters in the Scripture sessions. It was a wonderful event, a fantastic day. My story would tell Mike is an ex- why Mike is an exceptional artist due the fant- due to the fantastic treatment and experience. So I, I think what Mark is saying is." let's cover the scripture sessions. and also Mark was on stage um, with Mike and recorded um, onto a McCabe CD which is got a McCabe's live CD oh that that's see. awesome which would which would be a really cool idea for uh, awesome experience and something to talk about so those are both good yeah that's both great and I think I mean the so idea, actually yeah the McCabes the idea of McCabes, of, 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 uh, McCabe's and the scripture, and the scripture sessions. sessions are both fantastic I mean we did do something at McCabe's one time. But I mean, not not a person that would that went on stage. No, I, I think this is good. Team. So, Mark, you're into the drawing. Yeah, good job. All right, this next one is from Danielle from Temecula, and a um, it's another incredibly another long great, long, great message message uh, this is her suggestion what subjects would you like to cover in the podcast i have to admit i haven't listened to any of the podcasts i mean that's, well, that's I most you, people that's listen. not rare <laughs> really it's not rare you're not in, i looked at the stats of it that's not not nope. a you're you're it's yep. not like you're you're one you're one of the majority though no, there it's like on the podcast feed there's um, – it's better on YouTube and, and the videos than the <laughs> anyway, podcast feed. Let's, let's I listen on love the podcast <laughs> okay. feed. Okay. Uh, so so let's, let's continue. Danielle says, Mike is a great storyteller, so I'd love to know what stories he has to share that he hasn't already, whether it's related to music, his visual art, life in Wales, traveling the world, or what else you'd like to experience in a lifetime. Well, the good news is we're going to interview him again soon. Um, Actually, tell you the truth, that interview may come – I was going say come before this, but it's not because we have to no, get, this one, get this one out. get this one out. What are some of his fondest and fanciest fan memories? Uh, People waiting backstage, people coming on stage. I don't think Jules Um, can hear some of those. (laughs) Okay, stop it. (laughs) The first time he got noticed as a celebrity, etc. I love to hear musical guests on the podcast. Other musicians that have toured and played with the mic. Hey, we'd like that too. We'd like that we've tried. So we'll get some people did some artists setting up those Skype calls is kind of hard for us for some reason, but we'll try to do that. I like that idea. Um, other than bringing um, friends to shows, sharing man of the Camo jacket, making people wear it like this, encourage them to get on the list. What else can we do to support Mike's mission and save lives one save lives one concert at a time? So that is her submission. That's a, those are a bunch of great ideas. Great idea. awesome. I like. I really like her idea about. Um, I really like her, her point about not having not listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's I said. It's, it's, that's the like reason not unique. <laughs> Just like everybody else. You're, why, you're, why I hope she listens so she can hear whether um she won or not she because did, oh, she's yeah. she's going into yeah, that's the why drawing. we've drawn this out so long so people listen to episodes to see if they've won. That's or not. right. It didn't work. Okay, so the next one is from Graham Lampin, who is an age-old Alarm fan from, from many, many years back on the mailing list and stuff. And from way back. Graham actually emailed us went for our Alarm Alarm uh, podcast and told us how wrong we were because we missed one of the recordings, which he was right about. So he would like us to do that, and we are going to do that with – we're going to do an update with Graham anyway. But Graham gets into the drawing for this. I would cover the famous story of my dinner – this is Graham – with Joe Strummer, when I challenged him on the rapper on the chocolate bar comment made about the alarm, and how he admitted to me that he was a secret alarm fan—that's Joe Strummer—and how I wrote the story in the Alarm website forums um, when Joe died, and Jules saw it and told Mike. Next thing I know, Mike is telling the story from the stage at the gathering, and he still tells it to this day. He mentioned it in, in the Seattle show last week. Oh, okay, that's, that's right. amazing, Graham. So, so I here's the thing. Said, instead of, I, instead of I just want to go back. Um, here's more insults. I didn't know he said rapper the chocolate bar. i thought he said shadow that's a different a, one different uh, one yeah, yeah he what a great guy anyway <laughs> um well, anyway i'm uh, not graham i mean joe strummer Sorry. so so yeah i mean i mean graham we we do want to do that and we do want to talk to you about all that and that'd be cool and that's why you're getting into the drawing all right the next one is from steven wright suggested topic opening x this is I'm the not, second, second one we got one, like this i think people really okay. it. Like the Alarm was an opening act for some great performers. I saw them open for Dylan. I'd be interested in Mike's reminisces about what he views as his most exciting experiences as an opener. Ooh, that's different. That's different, right? I like that. At the same time, many bands have opened for the Alarm through the years. I'd be interested in Mike's thoughts about some of the best, maybe even unknown bands who opened for them. Could some of them be the future of rock and roll? That's pretty cool. I like that, Stephen. Yeah. I like that. idea. Yeah. Here's one thing I've noticed through through the years of... Of being um, going backstage with Mike and stuff and news is there's like <laughs> a lot of the times the main acts aren't even in the building when the opening, opening acts are playing. Are playing yeah. But sometimes they are. And when they're, tu- I think it's different when they're when touring, touring with the band. Totally yeah, when, when you're touring and there's a different opening back in every city, opening band in every city, I think it's different and the, and the headliner hardly ever he- hears them. But, but when you're touring together, yeah. it's different. So, so I think that totally makes sense. So, Steven. Good job. You're in the drawing, too. So the next one is from Ellis Meredith Owen, and there's two good parts of this, and, and one... The whole thing's um, good. The whole thing's great, it's and good. I just want to read a little bit about because this is not Ellis's entry, but this is... Well, my story has already been told in Alarm Thirty site, but perhaps your listeners will be interested to hear how, from getting a text message out of the blue from Michael Leslie Peters, that my community choir became involved in recording and backing vo- vo- vocals for the releases of Declaration of Strength, and what it's like to perform at Horizon Sings, or Poppy Falling from the sky or Gathering 23. Anyway, so that's really good. I, li- I learned that background and I'd love to interview the interview for that. But let's read your idea. I'd like to see a poll. What is the Fave Alarm song of all time? There seems to be a mix of opinions about uh, how about a battle royale? A battle royale be good. Like a, like, a, like, a, yeah. like, a, like a. Yeah. All the songs put in a hat with all the different versions on each album go and pitched against each other in pairs like a tournament. Yeah, but you'd have to, you'd have to wait them. That's f- and I'd have to do the waiting. No, do the waiting. I don't agree about waiting. I think you just go because because the one will rise to the top. Okay, this is the thing. This is the thing. But I just want to say something like this. Maybe you have to do it by record or something because you do not want the the first in the first round to have. Spirit of 76 and 68 guns take the okay, other Okay, so on. we do it by record and then you find the best couple songs. That, do it by the yeah. album and then you can or, you can narrow it down or, like yeah, that. Yeah, or something because yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. you can't really have... Okay. You can't have... This is the, this is why the NCA tournament um has like number 16 versus number one play in the first round. I know. Okay, we can wait them then. I don't, don't want to wait them but I just don't. I just want to make sure like singles are different than other songs. The, the, here's what we'll do. We'll do albums like the eras together yeah. and then you find the best song and then become come up to it. I like that. Ellis, that's a really, really good idea. There you go. You are in the drawing, too. All right, this next one is from Stephen Gendel. Here's his ideas. Do two polls. One of what twelve songs should compromise a combo b- blood red vire black album? One selected by us old alarm fans, and other by our children. <laughs> In my right. house, it'd be about fifty-fifty overlap. I like that. Uh, we did. Um, did we do we should. Right? We, you no, know what? We so we, we we can't do that now because it's too late. But I think the idea about the best songs, like from Ellis's idea, but but done between the kids and the yeah. adults that would be good so i love that and then next one next one is one i think we're going we were planning to do any, anyway but i still love it and that's why steven gets into the drawing yeah <laughs> okay go through each prior alarm album and say what you think the first single should should have been first what the alarm shows oh, we could do that right now them, okay right? i'm going to say declaration should have should have been blaze of glory there blaze of glory should have been a single like declaration are the light should have been the second yeah. single okay and then strength um, strength singles are pretty good. I think the problem was there's only nine songs. And I do think at the time it wasn't okay to have a more punky song, so it would have been hard to do. I think the singles are fine for Strength. I don't yeah. see any any problems. I had the Hurricane, I definitely would have gone for shelter first or one step closer to home. As a single, I don't know how that would work in radio, but I think they would have been better. I know that "Rain right. in the Summertime" I, I, actually got them, s- got the alarm some some pretty good popularity, but I still think "Shelter" I, I, or I, "One Step to Home should um, be a single. I, so I think I think they chose right. I think "Rain in the Summertime" and then um, "Permanence and Change" should have been the second single instead of "Presence Love." "Presence Love" did well. No, though. no, I, so, I like "Presence." It's fine, but they could have chosen "Shelter" because it has. Close to a who song, they probably couldn't have chosen a single. Oh, there's a who so. song that has very similar guitar riff. I don't know, it's good, um, but um, but I don't know if they could have chosen. So a single. on um, change, I definitely think "Prison Without Prison Bars" should have been a single, and "Rivers to Cross" should have been a single. Um, "Solomon of the River" wasn't a bad song, so I would have kept that. Uh, but I would. Gone. It, it, that, that a lot of people, uh, I li- love. I think it's a great song, but I mean that's because I'm just biased. But um, but I think that there's people who were put off by by that. Um, tune, I don't. It's just yeah, but you know what? At the time, like, like I, I just was think Son of the Rivers" is a great song. You have to have a single because it's different. But the it's really the second one and "Love Don't Come Easy" didn't really fit no, as a just, single. That's what I think. "Rivers Across" would have been really Rivers good as Cross, a single. Um, I think there was an instrument they couldn't play live on there, and that was one of the problems. Well, oh well, there's a lot of that. I mean, what was the uh, after "Prison of the Prison Bars"? What's the next? Uh, "How the Mighty Fall." I think "How the you Mighty like Fall." You like that one too? Been, I think "How the Mighty Fall" and "Rivers Across." Would well, you know what? Soul and River be, was number one on the rock model, yeah. Rock so, press. like, you really can't nowadays, argue with that one. If, if that was it, they would have uh, sold you know, 50 million records. So, uh, all those no those radio stations. So, then then for Raw, we'll, we'll finish up with this. And I just think, obviously, Wind, wind Blows Away My Word should have been a single for sure. Uh, and I, you know what? I, to me, Hell or High Water should have been a single. I like those two. So, there you go, Steven. We did it. You're in the drawing. All right, so next up is Matt Tremel. So first, I can say that Matt Tremel is actually the winner of the my alarms the story, story. contest. Story. But I think Matt had there were there were several several things that went into Matt's Matt's win, and I think some of it had to do with Matt's uh, how Matt was going to going to deliver his story. His, his story but anyway, exactly. the second part of Matt's email is one topic I've not read much about. Is Mike is entrepreneur. I work in brand management. I often marvel at how he created a cottage industry to survive and then thrive as a provider for his family. I could foresee him being the cover story for business magazines as he was a pioneer in the internet and get and, and the gathering concept of destination concerts. He's also been prolific in his output as a solo artist and under the band umbrella. This is another reason i met. this is an amazing, it's an amazing point. story. Yeah. It's an amazing point that he makes on this. So Matt, unfortunately, you're not getting into the drawing because you already won. One. But this is a really good idea, hey, we'll, we'll try to cover and I think we too. should try to cover it. All right, here's the last one that's getting thrown into the, the bin for us to pick names out of. It's from Amber and Doug. And again, I see your last name there. I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I don't want to ruin it. But it starts with a P. So, so your idea was, would love for you guys to take any single album and explain the story behind each song, especially the early albums. I like that because we would have to find the stories, and some of them we know, and some of them we don't. Just, but that's like a that's a really different idea that I think is like that's honestly like that's almost like a song by song podcast. You could do we could have podcasts for years going song by song with the story behind each song. So. I mean that's a really good one when we you know for like for like content like in between like we we did we did Georgie Get Alarm Alarm I think there'll be more stuff like that. So that's really good and even though you guys sent it after the deadline I like this enough that we're going to throw you guys into into the hat as well and we'll come up with a name in just a few seconds. Now wait. I just want to thank everyone else who sent in an entry. There were lots of fantastic ones. We will be covering some of your other stories that you sent in. Each person that we mentioned will probably cover their story at some point, too. There just were a lot of entries to go through. There's two, so, yeah. And sorry we're so late on this. this. This contest came at a particularly bad time for us yeah. when we set it up. So we're trying hard, and now we're going to put everyone's name in a hat, and we're going to pull one out, and we'll see who wins. Alright, so here we go. D here come go go go. I'm gonna pull Perfect Jeff go. do. dun 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 dun. And the winner is Danielle from Temecula. All right. Randomly selected by Owen Fulton. So Danielle, I will be um, emailing you. After this podcast plays to tell you that you won... And that was fun, guys. I want to tell you though, I never want to do another, another contest again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it really, really Listen, Contest hard like... when a parent is in the hospital and dying. Yeah, that is, that, <laughs> that is, is. a difficult way to do Oh, yes. <laughs> so. Difficult way to do a contest. So I think, I think con- maybe there'll be another contest, but, uh, but it was, it was great to have all the entries in. Not for the, so the people. It's just, it's just, I, I, it was great ideas about the, uh, about what should be covered. <laughs> and you know, Mike Peters really wants to cover brand new stuff. Going forward, also, but he also wants to tell stories. So I think a lot of the story. Ones yeah, are a great. lot of this stuff is great. So anyway, congratulations to Danielle. Congratulations to Matt. We're going to do Matt's story on the next podcast, but I've decided to collect it all together because people have been waiting too long for it. So up next is what I felt was the best entry for why someone should be interviewed on the alarm podcast and I think the reason is it's a very universal story about the alarm and Matt not only could write the story and read it really well but play alarm music too. Uh, It was very impressive I was very impressed by mass entry very impressed by his effort and I don't want to introduce it too much I just want you to listen to it. So, up next and to end out the podcast for this time is Matt Trembles' My Alarm Story.
0: Hi, Stephen Jeff. Thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Matt. And here is my Alarm story. Back in 85, my sister handed me a Strength cassette. She said I would like it. Actually, I loved it, and I claimed The Alarm is mine. I ordered Declaration soon after. I was 14. That summer it was thrilling to see the UCLA live broadcast of The Alarm on MTV. I was so excited to see their songs played with such energy and passion, I couldn't wait to see the band live in person. That fall, my friend Joe gave me a knife-edge 12-inch single on my 15th birthday. I'm sure that I looked perplexed, holding a final record in a school hallway, as if to say, what am I going to do with this? Will it even fit in my locker? My friend assured me that I would want it, because there were non-LP songs on it. He flipped it over and showed me. It had a different version of Howling Wind, and two songs I'd never heard of. More songs. I wondered how many more of these twelve inches are out there. I was determined to find them. We spent the remainder of our high school driving around metropolitan Detroit looking for the singles by The Alarm and other New Wave favorites. It's hard to explain how difficult record collecting was back then. With no internet, few band discographies or press in the U.S., most of our search was done with paper phone books trying to guess what stores sold recorded music by their names. One of those stores had a book called The Alarm by Rick Taylor, which also had a singles discography up to strength. What a find. I began to search for the five singles I didn't have. It took years to complete. As a teenager in the 80s, of course I got my news from MTV, and when they announced the world premiere video of the first single from Eye of the Hurricane, I waited with bated breath. It came on at a designated time, and I was in front of the TV. Its vivid imagery and upbeat tempo make it a favorite to this day. And with no recording equipment, I had to watch and wait for it to play again. I couldn't wait to hear the rest of the album. Soon after, I got my first compact disc player and began selecting albums to convert to CD. They were pricey for a teenager making $2.50 an hour and still hard to find. Slim pickings from the local record store, and even the mail order companies didn't have deep catalogs. My first purchase was Declaration at fifteen ninety nine, dollars double the price of a cassette. I got my driver's license in November, and a few weeks later, on the 28th, the alarm came in concert to Detroit. Luckily, it was on a Saturday, so Joe and I were able to go to the show. It was glorious. Blazing energy, one favorite after another, including an unknown song. Was it a new next single from a soon-to-be-released new album? Only time would tell. I later learned that that song was called Elders in Folklore. When electric folklore surprised us by coming out less than a year later, we drove to our favorite record store to purchase it on compact disc. We had to wait until we drove 20 minutes home to listen to it because our cars didn't have compact disc players. The anticipation was excruciating. That live album was amazing. The songs were long and epic, and the energy was palpable. We always wondered why the full-length concert from that very same show wasn't released. Another significant release by The Alarm in that year was a guitar chord book called The Best of the Alarm that included songs from the first three albums. Music had become my life. And the notion of being able to play alarm songs that had brought me so much joy and had informed and defined my identity was just too great to pass up. So I bought an acoustic guitar. Learning how to play it was another thing. With no YouTube yet, learning had to be done in a formal setting with an instructor. And since I couldn't afford lessons, I met a few times with the lady from church. She taught me some traditional folk songs, and I even managed to get her to learn the replacement song, If Only You Were Lonely. In 1989, I entered my high school talent show with the intention to play and sing Where Were You Hiding When the Storm Broke? Having just bought an acoustic guitar a few months earlier, it was a tall task, and one I finally had to admit was not possible. I vowed to try again one day. My sister's boyfriend had borrowed the Alarm by Rick Taylor book I had bought a few years ago. He had had it for several months, and I mentioned it to her that I wanted it back. He took a bit longer to return it, and I was having serious reservations whether she should continue dating this guy. At my high school graduation party that spring, the boyfriend handed it back to me. He apologized for taking so long. I noticed that the binding was separating, and I was visibly upset. Then, by way of explanation, he handed me a 20 by 30 inch flat package. I tore it open and found a black and white painting of Mike Peters' silhouette from the book that he painted himself. I quickly forgave him. In the fall, I went off to university three hours away. While back at home on holiday break, I decided to drive 45 minutes to a promising record store in Ferndale called Sam's Jams. A real treasure trove. Sam's had a lot of new and used vinyl by the artist that I loved. I found a copy of Presence of Love 12 inch single. The B sides were two live songs, Knife Edge and Strength. As I approached the cashier's line, a stranger approached with an interesting offer. Hi, my name's Nick. I'll give you $10 if you let me buy that record. Intrigued, I gave him a bit of a third degree to measure his fervor for the alarm. He checked out. I also learned that he played electric guitar and wrote songs. Nick lived 45 minutes in the opposite direction from the store and had heard of the single from his sister's friend the day before. He came specifically for that record. Had he come even a few minutes later or not spotted the single in my hands, we would never have met. We exchanged phone numbers, and I handed over the single so he could buy it instead. I went back to university. Over spring break, I phoned and asked Nick to come over to my folks' house. He brought his electric guitar, and we sat on the floor listening to records. When I returned from summer break, Joe, Nick, and I formed a band aptly named Second Generation. We managed to write a few songs and hold a couple of practice sessions. With school a priority, though, the band didn't gather steam. However, a friendship was born. When Change First came out, it was hard for me to get into. The singles were harder-edged. Sold Me Down the River and Devolution Work in Man Blues just didn't hit the mark for me. I felt that No Frontier should have been the lead single. Over time, the record became my favorite. The sound and production are incredible. The songs were some of Mike's most varied lyrics. And Dave's guitar licks are truly innovative. Then MTV announced that the Alarm were going to play unplugged. I was so excited because they were already releasing acoustic songs or versions on B-sides. They were bound to blow up and become mainstream. When the episode premiered, it was really strange. There were only two Alarm members... And they were only playing a few songs. They were such a great band. Why didn't MTV just reschedule them? Or at least have them on twice, like R.E.M. a few years later. When the band re-recorded and re-released Unsafe Building, it was promising. It was one of their best songs, and it was re-recorded by a road-tested, self-assured band. I just loved it. The future looked bright. And then Raw album came out. It was another head-scratcher. It was uneven. Half the album was really great, and half was just okay. This just didn't seem like the alarm that I knew. The alarm did not come to Detroit on the Raw tour. We had heard that they had broken up and that Dave was going solo. The record store sold the Brixton Live video cassette. and I saw Mike's last moment with the alarm. It wasn't pretty. The acrimony was evident. I only watched it once. Then, on September 29, 1992, Nick phoned and said that Mike Peters was playing the Marquis in Detroit with a new band, the Poets of Justice. I could not go as I was working midnight shift as an intern. But the next day, he reported that the show was Amazing. He learned that Mike was playing in Ohio at Kent State University that Friday and said, we have to go. Caught up in his excitement, we drove four and a half hours after his workday shift and arrived just in time for the show. Mike and his new band did not disappoint. I got the set list and we hung around and talked to Gary Zoldos, who was part of the tour. The show was so great we wanted to see another, and we hoped that one was nearby. We asked what the next one was. It was not. It was in Asbury Park, New Jersey, seven and a half hours away. Gary encouraged us to come and said he would get us on the guest list if we made the drive. So we did. We made some fast friends and caught a few hours sleep on the floor of their dorm room. At dawn's early light, we made our way to Springsteen's stomping ground. When we arrived, I was so excited to see the ocean that I jumped right in. in to six to six. Having brought nothing else to wear, I put on my bright red Mike Peters Tour t shirt that I'd bought the day before in Ohio and we spotted Ethan Johns and the rest of the poets on the boardwalk. They were as surprised as we were. When we arrived at the venue that night, the legendary Stone Pony, we were in for a surprise. We were not, in fact, on the guest list. We panicked. We were almost out of money and still had to get gas and get back to Michigan. We summoned Gary from the door and hoped for the best. After an excruciating 20 minutes, Gary appeared at the door, recognized us, and said, These guys are with the band. Please let them in. That concert was a highlight of my life. Hearing the new songs from the night before again, seeing the joy between the bandmates, they had great chemistry, and it surely gave Mike and Jules and the rest of us in the audience hope for the future. We drove home that very night, since I had to work that Sunday evening. I fell asleep at my desk. The following spring, I completed my college degree and started an entry-level job. I started playing guitar and writing more songs in my spare time. Back home, I had heard of a venue where musicians got together and played music. A predecessor to Coffee House opened like nights today. I convinced Nick to come. With a few hours to spare, we rehearsed absolute reality. It just made sense to play an alarm song. However, the last-minute song selection got the better of us, and our ambition was not matched by skill. We played original songs instead. The desire to play live took root. Meanwhile, we stayed in touch with Gary, who let us know that Mike was opening in MPO USA to connect to fans here? To mark its opening, Mike was scheduled to play a solo gig in Buffalo, New York, as part of the Unalarmed and Unplugged tour. Back to the road we went and arrived early enough to see the sound check. We also got a chance to tell Mike how much his music meant to us, and that some of our favorite songs were B-sides, such as Second Generation, Rose Beyond the Wall, and Elders in Folklore all of which he re-recorded and released on his new record label in November that same year. The Soul Show was so inspiring that I wrote a letter to the MPO, and to my surprise, I received MPO Fanzine number 5 in the mail, which included my write-up. Nick channeled that same inspiration by learning and performing many alarm songs at the houses that we now frequent in. He would play songs like Rain in the Summertime, Elders in Folklore, Rose Beyond the Wall, and The Stand, to name a few. In 1996, we saw Mike return to the States to play two shows in Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Unlike the first time, we came prepared with a camera and a tape recorder. I also brought the painting that my sister's boyfriend, now brother-in-law, had made me six years prior. We chatted with Mike, snapped a few photos, and met some other fans. Mike also graciously signed my painting. It hangs in my office to this day. In 1998, we saw Mike come through Detroit on the Rise tour and got a chance to sit with Jules and talk about the Breathe era and reminisce fondly of our memories of the Poets of Justice. In the Audis, we saw Mike and the Alarm play with the psychedelic furs on separate tours. Each time, they blew the show wide open. Mike's enthusiasm during shows is contagious. If you're ever having a bad day, just go see an alarm show. Nick and I continued to play coffee houses over the years, mixing in alarm songs every few shows. Dear listeners, do you remember how I vowed to play the song Where Were You Hiding When the Storm Broke during that high school talent show years ago? Well, it became the first alarm song that Nick and I played together on stage. We worked out an arrangement that worked well on acoustic guitars, and it became a favorite to play together for years to come. A few more duets over the years, including Wind Blows Away My Words, Rescue Me, and Change Too. we've been working on No Frontiers, Strength, and Prison Without Prison Bars. Our friendship has continued through all the life's changes, marriage, children, and moving hometowns. Our love for the alarm and Mike's music remains the origin and the constant in our friendship. We saw Mike and Jules in the band last year's Michigan show at the Magic Bag on August 26, 2017. We plan to see them again, the same venue, on July 28th. It happens to be just down the street from where Nick and I met at that great record shop. On record store day 2018, Nick and I met again at a record store, stood in line with 200 other hopeful people, and snagged the last two vinyl copies of Where Two Rivers Meet. And that, my friends, is my alarm story. Thank you for listening, and never let the fires die.
1: Go through each prior alarm album and say what you think the first single... Tell uh,